Welcome to The Curriculum, a podcast by Cornerstones Education. Here we discuss all things curriculum, plus leadership issues, teaching tips and much, much more. Hello and welcome to another edition of The Curriculum, a podcast by Cornerstones Education. I'm your host, Caroline Pudner, and today I'm joined by Simon Hickton, who's our Managing Director. And as regular listeners will know, there is a real growing buzz around all things curriculum, particularly as Ofsted have released lots of information and guidance already about what schools need to be thinking about. So I've invited Simon in today to join our discussion because he's got a keen interest in this area and has also been a primary head teacher himself in a busy school not far from here in Yorkshire. Thank you for joining me, Simon. Welcome. And um, I thought it'd be a really good topic to get our teeth into because a lot of people have been asking about curriculum approach and what and the knowledge and skills debate. So it's it's really a ripe topic at the moment. So today we're going to be looking at what Ofsted have identified in their latest research findings as three models of curriculum or three curriculum approaches, whether they actually are three distinct types and also what schools can be thinking about now when designing and implementing their curriculum. So Simon, I wonder if first of all we could start by just explaining a bit about the context of this for our listeners. Definitely, it's uh, curriculum is the most important thing. I, for me, it's always been the most important mm. thing, but it's really come to the forefront now with uh, Ofsted and the new framework that's coming out. And Ofsted obviously done some reports, some research, and just before the latest one, they narrowed it down to sort of 23 schools, and they really went into depth discussion mm. with those schools about what their curriculum actually was. Mm. And from that, that's where they came up with these three models, these three types that people are now talking about and is out there. So uh, I thought it'd be interesting for us to sort of explore that a little bit more. Yeah. Okay. So what are those three curriculum approaches that they've identified? Well, you've got the knowledge-led approach, you've got the knowledge-engaged approach, and then you've got the skills-led approach. Mm. And they're the types, uh, in inverted commas, that uh, they sort of discussed. And it was interesting that about a third of the schools were looking at the knowledge-led approach, yeah. about half were the knowledge-engaged, mm. and then the, the remainder were sort of looking at the uh, skills-led uh, approach. Mm. If I can sort of put it in a nutshell, knowledge-led is more about curriculum as subject-specific knowledge. Some said skills were a byproduct of this, uh, but knowledge was the absolute uh, knowledge acquisition was the absolute key within it, mm. and it was about saying what is our school, uh, what does our school want the children to know mm. by the end of their time in primary education, and it was also very much linked to cognitive psychology, mm. uh, so l- looking at memory, long term memory. Then you had the knowledge engaged, which was again less reliant on that theory uh, but it's still knowledge very important Mm. but a balance between knowledge and skills a little bit more cross-curricular in there and also the fact that it's very important that children are still engaged and it needs to make sure the curriculum is relevant and meaningful for children in there. Right, so that's kind of putting knowledge into real context then, isn't it? Yes. For children. 
Okay. And then you uh, you found that uh, the skills-led one was more talking about uh, skills for the future, uh, resilience, looking at uh, generic skills and behaviours and mm. seeing that that was important and that knowledge was more separate, just sort of facts and sometimes not connected in the, the few schools that did say they were skills-led. Right. So, it, yeah, so they're really just looking at the skills they want children to gain as they grow older. Okay. So those are the three main types or models, and obviously some schools identified with that sort of approach. And I think it's key here to, uh, as I've looked into this in more depth and uh, sort of tried to get my head around it all, uh, I think it is key to say that they're not really distinct types. It's more of an emphasis. Mm. And you could actually argue that they're very, very similar in approaching in approach yeah. uh, because you've got the knowledge led, for instance. Uh, some people at extreme say, well, you don't engage the children in memorable experiences, etc. aren't important. But that's now been tempered a little bit. And they say, well, of course, memorable experiences are important. Mm. Of course, it's important mm. to engage children. But you've got to make sure that they have that knowledge behind it and often that's before they have a memorable experience and they may have the uh, declarative knowledge there before they go on a memorable mm. experience. So they are actually pretty much meshed together. And I think the importance is that uh, school leaders can articulate their curriculum, what they intend their curriculum to be rather than hanging it all on a type. Mm. Now, that's something interesting that came out on the, the commentary about a weakness that they did see in some of the schools, which is exactly what you just said. It's their being them being able to articulate how, uh, well, first of all, what their intent was, and but mainly how it was implemented in the school. So you could say you're a knowledge-led school, but you've got to be careful with that and make sure that if you are saying that, that everything you do, your curriculum content and the implementation of it in the classrooms, the extracurricular activities you do, almost the, the ethos is literally happening in your school and you can point say inspectors or whoever really to those places where it's happening and and show it happening exactly i think sean harford said uh, we'll check your curriculum wherever it is <laughs> yeah and it's totally and utterly about sort of knowing what you're doing mm. and being able to show it yeah exactly so it's that know and show that is so important yeah so I think for listeners then, if, if, if you're sort of halfway there or fully there to knowing what kind of approach works for your school, then that's great. But I think the message is then, as Simon was saying, it's to, you know, to really see where it is in your school. It's not just a theory. It's, it's literally put in practice, isn't it? I enjoy listening to the podcast on the three eyes and the first one. What's that intention is yeah. really important. And then moving on to seeing well, how is that implemented as well? Yeah. It's so important. And if you haven't heard that podcast, obviously we go into more detail on that, but there's obviously a lot on Ofsted's own website, which is fantastic. They've got slides uh, and training available where you can look in more detail at what they mean by the, you know, the three eyes of curriculum. Okay, so yeah, intent is really important and implementation, but let's go back to the, the three approaches and maybe think about the you know the strong points of each one and the the key essential ingredients of each one so looking at the knowledge-led approach Simon and you know thinking of knowledge acquisition what are the key aspects of that kind of approach do you think well again looking at how learners learn looking at memory mm. uh, there's a lot of work on that with uh, uh, cognitive load 
mm. etc and supporting uh, that's that style of learning is the fact that allowing children to have that base of knowledge to then progress with the learning mm. and i think the correct term is declarative knowledge if i can mm. get my tongue right <laughs> and that's about so children can then use that to help them to comprehend to learn more to build on to start to chunk mm. to do all of those things a great example i've seen on youtube is some research uh, when they looked at reading comprehension and how they took some uh, readers who knew about baseball mm. and others who knew nothing about baseball who were actually judged as better readers at the time. And uh, the children who had the knowledge about baseball actually came out as well as the ones that didn't, mm. who were just to be better readers and better with the comprehension skills. And that's sort of a great example of how that this can be important and that's where sort of knowledge organisers come in as well. Yeah. And yeah. that's big in knowledge-led approach is to have these knowledge organisers and to utilise those mm. for projects when you're looking at something new to support children uh, going through that. And it's making the knowledge explicit. Mm. That's the real strength within that style of approach. When you look at Knowledge Engage, uh, you're then looking at, right, yes, trying to take a lot of what's in the knowledge led and saying, but, yeah, but how can we really make it meaningful for children? Mm. And how can we ensure that those links are also there? And the skills are explicit. The skills that often that in a knowledge led curriculum, they would say, well, they're just procedural knowledge. In a knowledge engaged curriculum you're actually looking at the balance between skills knowledge making them both explicit and you're looking at the whole thing together and making sure it is cohesive and linked together mm. and authentically linked as well because i know you know for, for links to happen you need to make sure that they are meaningful and not tenuous so that's quite exactly important. that's where uh, if you were sort of arguing for knowledge led you would be talking about all oh, but in knowledge engaged it's often tenuous links oh. obviously in all our experience of curriculum design it's making sure the links are authentic i like that terminology <laughs> authentic links. i'm yeah, sure i'm not the on. only one who said it <laughs> yeah but yeah i like I, I like to remember that about it that whatever link you make it's there to like sean harford said knowledge was sticky mm. i think you need to create those webs and, and the knowledge-led approach is quite, uh, sorry, the knowledge-engaged approach can be very much like that, where you're creating those cross-links and those web of experience so that the children can, uh, like your baseball example, oh, I know about that, I can apply that here, and I, you know, I'm also, yeah, it's developing exactly right, a skill. Yeah. It's quite complicated, actually, but if it's well-constructed, you can really bring on children's knowledge and, and skills, can't you? Curriculum design is unbelievably complicated. Like I've had the uh, pleasure and pain of working very closely <laughs> with Mel. And obviously, the way that she connects things is unbelievable. Mm. And it's fascinating to see that and to know well, why you wouldn't use that, put that in, because it doesn't connect. It's not auth oh, yeah. <laughs> as authentic as it needs to be. Registered trademark. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, skills-led, uh, often... People have looked at that and that's when you get a focus on the generic skills more mm. and more. And you're looking at, we, we mentioned about uh, resilience, etc. But then when you're looking at problem solving, when you're looking at analysing and you're saying, right, we're going to really focus on this. Mm. And there's a lot of research out there that says, well, that's almost a, a byproduct of a knowledge led 
uh, and focus on it make it's not transferable so there's no reason to do that but others do believe that it is so important mm. in this day and age that we do develop those generic skills yeah. and again it's a balance it's a, yeah. not about saying that oh, one approach is right it's about a balance because we all know that we have to create uh, and help children to become employable in the future with a future that we're unsure about mm. so it's about looking at the strengths of all the research out there everything the current practice what's good and then saying right okay but what what's right for my school mm. what's right for the context of my children what do they need and what's our intention going to be for our mm. curriculum mm. and then how we're going to articulate it but also show it show it yeah because that's the key it's mm. no good just being able to say oh this is our curriculum and it is a skills-led curriculum mm. or show me how does that come through mm. where are the skills where's the knowledge and uh, i think that's important and not just from senior leaders it's from classroom up yeah so it should be classroom up slt down to actually show what a school's curriculum is mm, i agree and i think um it, you need everyone all the stakeholders knowing exactly what your your curriculum principles are your intent and yeah and be able to easily say oh you can see it there that's where we do this that and the other and and our approach is this so yeah that's very important especially going forward that's often where a pedagogy also ties ties it together within the school because mm. you don't want it uh, different in class to class no. You've got to start tying everything together within your uh, school so your curriculum actually meshes together. Yeah, that's interesting, actually. It's not just the content, it's your approach, isn't it, to teaching. And if you know, if you're a cornerstone school or you found out about us through our website or whatever, you'll know that the whole of the curriculum is, is underpinned by this pedagogy. And I think whatever curriculum you use or create, that is very important because, as Simon said, it's got that continuity across... And it's your implementation, isn't it, of your of your any intent that you've got for your curriculum. What is also key now is the curriculum is the progression model. And uh, we're entering a real different phase in education now where the word progress is going to be very different moving forward. And uh, the curriculum that you design for your school will be the progression model. What the children know, whether that's skills, knowledge... Uh, how they can use and apply that knowledge and skill mm. is the progress that your children are making. Mm. So that it's a real exciting time in education shift, when things are. There? There's yeah. a massive shift when things are changing mm. from looking at data to actually looking at what children know, what children can do. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's exciting. We should grasp it while we can, and uh, and fly with it. Mm. It is. There's, there's quite a buzz on social media as well of other teachers and people in education saying this is a good time, mm. you know, to be in school. I know it can be daunting, obviously, but there's um, I think the nice thing about it is you're thinking of, of it starts with you and your school, your setting, your children. And actually, it's important that we say that Ofsted have said they don't have one preferred model of curriculum they, but they all this research they're doing and there's going to be updates yeah. from Ofsted so it's good to keep a you know abreast of what they're saying and what they're finding but yeah as Simon said I think it's just thinking about clarity and intent and how you're doing it so um, some really good good things to think about there certainly looking at Cornerstone's curriculum itself if you if you've 
use the Cornerstones curriculum school, you'll be you know aware of what it is and the projects that are within it. Simon, as as our director, what do you think that has one approach, or do you think people would say, oh, it's knowledge led, knowledge engaged, or something else? What what do you reckon? Well, as I said, I think the uh, the types. It's more the emphasis rather than this is our curriculum and there's key uh, there's key factors to any uh, any curriculum any, any design member experiences engaging activities knowledge organizers where you're sequencing knowledge over time uh, it's about meshing your curriculum together a connected cohesive curriculum progression of skills uh, explicit knowledge and skills and you've also got to bring in the uh, SMSC, FBV, democracy rules and mm. everything else that's a curriculum. And I think all the different types have to have all of those, but they have a greater emphasis on certain ones, okay. such as knowledge-led would be the knowledge organisers would be a massive thing within yeah. those. Within the knowledge engage, you've got those engaging activities that uh, sort of work alongside it's not activity led it's still knowledge and skills led but mm. with making sure that those activities are engaged and you do bring in that element of quality authentic cross-curricular yeah. uh, links and meaningful context that's a that's a Correct. biggie for a lot of people is is they're doing the knowledge they're learning the knowledge they're applying the skills but it's in a real life or a you know an actual context that's right yeah. and uh, then you've got uh, obviously with skills led they're looking at those that using applying that problem solving mm. and cornerstones fits in all of them it's it's flexible if as a school said right our intent is to be a knowledge-led curriculum school mm. then that's absolutely fine because you can have that explicit knowledge is there and i know right now we're teasing it out even more so we can show and we're producing the knowledge organizers to make that very explicit mm. so they can be used in such a school and if you then flip to the other side where you've got the skills led Mm. then you've got actually if you look at the innovate stage in the cornerstones curriculum where you're actually using applying and problem solving mm. uh, from a provocation uh, from a challenge then that's there as well so uh, the cornerstones curriculum it can be utilized and is flexible enough to be used by a school that would define themselves as skills led knowledge led or knowledge engaged mm. and obviously with mel and i just huge believers in an engaging curriculum and making sure that children are enjoying what they're doing but mm. that is purposeful as well so that's where you try and get the balance for your school so i can see you've got the basics basis there to add the sparkle for your for your school haven't you the extra sparkle and extra emphasis I think that's a really key word actually is to remember what is your emphasis if your emphasis is on equal balance then that's your thing and and you know you can you can get that and the acquisition of skills like what's important is that you again that if a child does something that's engaging what have they got out of it and if you're going back to seeing what's what's gone into the long-term memory Mm. Is it just the experience? Because if it is, yes, that's a benefit, of course. Yeah. But what about what have they learned? What stuck with them? And can they explain the actual, the educational knowledge behind it as well? And they're not just going to talk about the experience mm. with very little substance behind it. And we found in the schools that we uh, have the pleasure of going in and see that are uh, utilising quality uh, curriculum, that that's what, they've got you will talk to the children and their knowledge is absolutely stunning 
because of the experiences they have and the quality of the teaching and learning behind that and the activities that they've done. Mm. And that's it. If you if a child isn't open to it or doesn't want to learn, it's you know that that knowledge can be <laughs> shoved shoved towards them, but it it's not necessarily going to stick, is it? So no, yeah, no, I agree. As an ex teacher, I agree with that as well. Okay, and maybe I could end actually with just saying that Amanda Spielman herself said it's important to see both knowledge and skills as interrelated. Knowledge and the capacity it provides to apply skills and deepen understanding are essential ingredients of successful curriculum design. And she said the skills are the know-how in applying the known. So ever more reason to think of curriculum as a as a good balance between them but however you want to emphasize your curriculum hopefully that's giving you lots of food for thought today uh, and if you do want to find out more about how we could help you design your curriculum we've got lots of materials and some experts here who would be more than happy to help so just visit our website and have a look there so that's all we have time for for today's episode. Thank you very much, Simon, for coming in to talk to us. Pleasure. Um, and I'm sure we'll have another chance to chat about this as things develop over the next few months. Definitely. Very exciting. We've got some very exciting podcast guests, which I can't reveal at the moment, but on this very subject, which will be crucial, I think. And uh, thank you very much, the listeners, for tuning in today. And hopefully it's given you lots of ideas around your own curriculum design and implementation. It would be really good to hear from you as well if you have uh, already planned your curriculum or how you are wanting to achieve curriculum balance. So do get in touch with us either on social media or just on our website. We've got our contact details there. So until next time, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a single episode. But for now, it's goodbye and thanks again for listening.